Podcast about music, pro wrestling, and combat sports. I'm your host, Kay Fresh, and we got a lot to talk about this week. And before we get into it, just want to remind you how you can help support the podcast and help spread the word. If you go to freshesthepodcast.com, you can go ahead and just share any of the links on there. That'd be great. Um, you can click on the support the podcast link at the top of the screen, and there's a PayPal uh, link that you can donate through. Or there's a uh, Amazon link that you can use anytime you want to purchase anything on Amazon. Use that link and they'll shoot back some commission. Also, you can follow us online on Facebook at facebook.com slash freshesthepodcast. Then also on Instagram and Twitter at freshestheword1. That's freshestheword, then the number one. And like always, I have my co-host with me. I'm in my The man V Styles was good. Let's what? get it. Let's get it, Kelly. Yeah, full clip. I'm talking shit. Let's go. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we're back from a week off. Uh, it was uh, Thanksgiving last week, so I decided, you know, screw it. Uh, we'll take Happy a week holidays off. Uh, to everybody that we didn't get to last week, but yeah, we back on. Let's let, let yeah. Mm-hmm. So how how was your how was your Thanksgiving? You know, um, Lions won. So always a good holiday when the Lions win on Thanksgiving. Oh, definitely, so, definitely, definitely. You know, um, the, the 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 kids was cool. You know, my daughter's son was cool. You know, my parents was cool. My sisters was cool. Nephews, nieces. Yeah, for me it was pretty cool because, you know, um, you got to take advantage of uh, every day. You you still have your family. You know, to, to, there's no day that's guaranteed. So. This Thanksgiving for me was uh, very special. Cool, yeah. We um... even though, even though I will say this, and see, it's the flip side of it. Um, I don't really call Thanksgiving. I don't celebrate the whole Thanksgiving thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, you know, I think it's you know National Slaughterhouse Day. If you you know, and that's not to be you know uh, cold to anybody, but it, the reality is. You know, the real story ain't, 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 you know, it's not in, you know, it's not the fairy tale that you hear. It's, it's something more serious than that, man. I think sometimes we get caught up with the whole, you know, you know, people want to tell you what the meaning of Thanksgiving is, but they don't want to tell you how that meaning came about. 
and as long as you got knowledge yourself and you know what's really going on, you know, you I, I use holiday as this you know, I, I use Thanksgiving as a way of just celebrating with my family instead of be like instead of being like, you know, uh yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even have to dive into it because you know it's you know, different meanings to it. So right. yeah, man, you know, be awake people. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm you pretty know, much gotta, the same way. It just like I just take it to uh spend time with the family. We went over my brother's crib for uh for like brunch and that's about mm-hmm. it that I did for family. I just came home and watched and caught up on wrestling uh all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> caught up that's on it. I watched the rest of the Lions game and then I caught up on the TNA and Lucha Underground wrestling that I still had to watch. So that was my Thanksgiving, you know, and um, I didn't realize, you know what? I didn't realize that um, Morrison was over in Lucha, man. I, I that dude, John Morrison is is like I don't know what it is about whatever issues he got with the WWE, man. But right. I be wondering, like, what the fuck do y'all be looking at? Like that dude is a fucking beast. Are you kidding me? Yeah, can yeah. You imagine, can you imagine the matches him and AJ Styles? Oh my have goodness! Right, fucking now. Right, no, he's such a good ring, ring worker, and his whole just character is really awesome. Like right now, he's actually the uh, Lucha Underground champion. He was. Oh, is he? Yeah, hey, he was on Tough Enough, right? I believe so. Yeah, like way back, like. Dude, yeah, and that's what I'm saying, though. To remember him from that and to see where he is right now, man, dude. Anyway, man, that's a whole other motherfucking story. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and since we last talked, I went out, uh, I went to Toronto uh, for NXT Takeover. That was super cool to see live. Um, finally, got to see my favorite, for, my favorite wrestling. Samoa Joe. What's that? I was super happy for Samoa Joe. Yeah, and the thing is, I wasn't even, I wasn't even, like, Shinsuke Nakamura is my favorite wrestler on the planet, but I wasn't even mad that he lost, because it was a good match, but also, it wouldn't have made sense if Samoa Joe lost again, because at that point, who would it make sense for to beat Shinsuke Nakamura at that point? Nobody. Nobody. So, I'm, it, it makes sense to the story that Samoa Joe won that match. Joe earned that, man. Yeah. Joe was... Is you know, I think me and you we vibe on the same. We know the type of wrestlers that we like. Um, I like wrestlers that don't fit the, the typical prototype right. of what you you would think. And Joe is the poster boy for. Oh, I don't mean to call him boy, but he's the poster child of, of you know not having you know, that them abs and not having certain things and he's still more like I rooted for, you know, the the Umangas, the like the people you just got like a special gift, man, and you're not supposed to have that gift because, you know, of the stereotype of, of the size that you are, man. So I love I love the work that Samoa Joe does, how limber he is, he light on his feet. Yeah, and he just dope, and, and yeah. he got the dopest intro music. So yeah, and he uh, he moves around mm. like a small guy, you know, and it's crazy, dude. It's like, and that was just a hell of a match that, to that, watch. 
Bam Bam Bigelow was like that. Yeah, he was. Definitely. <laughs> You're like, they're not supposed to move like that. Nope. Nope. And, and another dude just like that is, they better start, like, I don't know who, man, WWE, they pissed me. I told you, yeah, I'm lit. Um, <laughs> WWE pissing me off, man. Because they got my man, Husky Harris. AKA, AKA Bray Wyatt in contention for the tag team championship. And right. it's like the power he would have as a solo champion. We, we've all been his, saying that for so long. Say again? We've, everybody's been saying that for so long. It, it it doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. Like who are your writers? Fire these fucks. And the like, thing is, he had this whole when he first when he first came up in the uh, main roster as Bray Wyatt, and he had this long stretch of of winning, and then they just didn't pay it off for anybody. They just was like, they just killed him. Like they just look, started making him lose. I, I, they doing Mike Rotundo's sons wrong. They doing them wrong. <laughs> Come on out, IRS. You know, tell them to get your boy, Bo Dallas. Tell them to get your boy. Look, it's some bullshit, man. Bo Dallas is dope as fuck. And Bray Wyatt is dope as fuck. Those oh. are Mike Rotundo's kids. If you didn't know that, that, that's who kids they are. Right. Those dudes, man, they don't, they don't fit the prototype. But you could tell that they grew up doing this. Like, you watching your dad, you know, their dad is one of the most underrated guys of all time, man. And, you know, I, I like Mike Rotunda. Um, oh, definitely. The, you, you, could, you know, uh, Barry Wendell, they, like, they all related. So to see these dudes pull off the shit that they pull off in the ring and they don't fit the prototype. And when I say the prototype, what I mean by it's the muscle bound man that they look like you put your face in the sand, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, you got some dude. I mean, you know, Vince has this thing where he likes dudes that got the whole Greek god look. That's cool, but and it may have worked in a certain time, but now the fan, because I'm always a fan first, just like I said I'm in, in, in hip hop. You know, the fan don't care about that. Rick Flair didn't have the dopest physique in the world, but you know he had the best work in the world. Right. Um, Shawn Michaels wasn't the biggest dude in the world, but Shawn Michaels' work in the ring was extraordinary. Um, Daniel Bryan, very small guy, but his work in the ring is like you don't get to the peak of, uh, of doing that type shit. Rey Mysterio, like you got dudes that got crazy work and because they don't fit the fit the bill they get looked over and you know for the greek gods and the dudes with the limited wrestling skills and we'll never like roman reigns yeah we and and, and, and no diss to him you know i don't you know a lot of times i think it's you know and like wow man we really we really killing this dude and we're at a point where where we could see roman reigns with two belts yeah we are and I have a feeling it might happen. <laughs> just just because you know, the whole Conor McGregor thing happened, I feel like they're just going to go ahead and do it. Nah, I think they're going to work Kevin Owens as champion. 
I, I um, hope so, but there's still a part of me that's like, you, oh my god, they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. You gotta, you gotta continue to build him up for when Finn Balor returns. Um, I think that's what they go do. They go hold out. I hope so. Um, they, 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 they go. In my opinion, I think they go hold out, and we go see uh, Kevin Owens and, and Finn Balor coming coming down the, the pipeline soon, man. But yeah, I'm not really liking a lot of shit that I'm seeing right now, man. Um, but uh, I love the fact I love I'm I'm I lo- I'm loving Chris Jericho right now. Yeah, lo- loving Chris Jericho, man, and. and you know, for him to be an OG in the game and still on top of his game, man, you know, I enjoy his segments. I enjoy when somebody says something that he don't like and then he break into the, you know what you just did? <laughs> <laughs> you know what you just did? You just made the list. <laughs> you just made the list. That shit is wrong. That shit is I know the thing Man, was, that, and the thing was that Chris Jericho was only supposed to come back for a limited time earlier this part year. Part time, and yep. he he's basically on a, on a month by month basis now, contract wise, because like he just keeps on reinventing himself, and they're like, he keeps on pulling something hey, else look, out, you know, constantly. And he, he's supposed he's supposed to stop two months ago to record the next Fozzy album, right? But he's but he's still he's like. He's still in. He's still like the best thing on Raw right now. So he's kind of man. I look, look. When I see him, I know it's gonna be a good segment, man. I ain't even gotta worry about it, man. Whether he putting, you know, Chris Chris Jericho just made me win buy my first scarf, man. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a scarf, dude. You know, I bought a polo. I bought a camouflage uh, polo scarf. Of course, camouflage. You know. He, Exactly, you know that, 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 that it's part of the whole, you know, it's part of me. But yeah, Chris easily is the reason. Probably I watch Raw, man. Kevin Owens is a different type of talent, and I love seeing somebody like Jericho, you know, bring out different stuff for him because, yeah, you know, he was a certain, he's a certain way anyway, but when you got somebody like Jericho, man, you can go back and forth with, man, it just makes it. Dude, I, look, I wait, I, I be so geeked to where I'm waiting on him, somebody say something stupid, just <laughs> yeah. because I know, yeah. I know what's coming. That's what I'm waiting on. You know what happens to people that do stuff like this? <laughs> And That's it's it it's one of those things where like, and he, he and he translates it also onto social media on Twitter. So it's a thing where people like go after him and want to be put on the list. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be funny, man. It'd be hilarious, man. You just made the list, and then the fans go fucking wild, man. That's you know you can't you can't buy that because. When you're a bad guy, technically, and the fans cheer for you, you come down to the ring, your role really is a bad guy, but the fans love you so much that they give it up for you, and they know they know what the drill is. 
Yeah, I fucks with Chris Jericho, man. That dude—he—he's nice. <laughs> I would like look. I would like to see him get one final uh, final run, if not oh. for a couple weeks or a oh, month or something. I would total—I would be totally for that if he could get another title mm-hmm. run. I would—I would—I wouldn't even be mad at that. Not at all. That dude—he deserves it. The work he put in, man. Oh, man, that, that's grade A as a wrestling fan. That's the type of shit that we—you know—we love that. It's it's rare that you got a skill in the ring and a skill on the mic that will appeal to everybody, man. I think that's why, you know, he's uh, super successful, man. Uh, Shout out to Chris Jericho, man. Big fan. Speaking of, like, uh, you know, just good segments, did you see the the bar segment between Cesaro and uh, Sheamus? Yep, I did, man. Initially, I didn't know what to think of it, but by the end of the segment, I was like, okay, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make them seem more unified together so the fans will buy in. See, I love stuff like um, that. I could go for more stuff like that. It reminds me of, like, the, the APA days. APA, With, with yes. Farouk and Bradshaw, APA. where they're just, they're just mm-hmm. back somewhere doing something, and then all hell breaks loose, and it's hilarious, mm-hmm. and... That that's why I love that segment so much. I could go for more of that between them because it was so it was so hilarious, and it was like and yeah. all the all those guys on there were that. local were local indie wrestlers. And mm-hmm. um, do, do you remember the the girl that came up to uh, Sheamus? Remember what? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. That's uh that's Tessa Blanchard, uh, Tully Blanchard's daughter. That's Tully Tully Blanchard's daughter. Oh, I, had, I didn't know that. I knew the name though. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, she um, yeah, she wrestles in NXT sometimes. Uh, she's big on the independence. She's actually dating uh, Ricochet. Oh, really? I like Ricochet, man. I'm, uh, you know, I, I heard that WWE was trying to sign him, man. But he 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 liked the indie circuit. I follow him on Instagram, man. Uh, oh yeah. When I seen that shit, when I seen that shit that. That went that that made you know social media when he I don't know who he was wrestling against man but when oh, them Will dudes Ospreay. was pulling off mirror shit in the ring man yeah when him and uh, Will Ospreay like, were uh, in New Japan man, look yeah that 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 shit looked like Power Ranger shit in the ring and I was like get the fuck out of here that's that's pretty nice I I you swear know, so I, I swear Ricochet after that. I swear Ricochet had to like take like gymnastics or ballet or dance classes when he was a kid and stuff. Because he pulls off those moves it, with a grace like that. Is he, is he a cruiserweight? Um, I believe so. I believe he's like in that um around that two. He might be a little heavier than the two hundred five though. Okay. But um. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's definitely someone who's uh who's having some good time on the the independence, so he doesn't necessarily need to be in the WWE, you know, and. He's he's having his his good old time in um, and he and he's also uh, Prince Puma in uh in Lucha Underground. He wears a mask, right? Yeah. So yeah, okay. So right now he he's he kind of has it good going on in the the Indies, you know. So he's yeah, one of those people he, he, that he he, he he just conti- if he just continues to build build what he's you know doing. He could like he'll be in that place where he'll be able to just like kind of write his own check at one time at a given time later on, or like even if he eventually does go to WWE, it'll be at a point where he'll have more 
freedom. Probably. Yeah, more say so. More say you know, so. You know, I want my merchandise and I want this, I want that. Same shit as AJ Styles, man. AJ yeah. Styles coming back here, man, you know, he had to have, you know, certain shit in order to make it work. And this is only going to give that to the special ones. So, yeah, you're 100% right there, uh, Kelly, man. Yeah, there's guys like Ricochet and Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. These guys are doing great in other companies, and they don't need to go to WWE. If they ever do Mm -hmm. come over there, it'll be on their own terms. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the indie hip-hop game. Definitely. Why sign to a label? Why sign to a label when you got everything that's uh, coming to you? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on in my uh, trip to uh, to Toronto for NXT Takeover was that mm-hmm. uh, a couple of my favorites, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, they uh, beat the the revival for the the NXT tag belts, and that was a hell of a match. Like. Mm-hmm. Them, them two tag teams have put on a couple of my favorite tag matches this year, and that one was super awesome. And it was super great to finally see those guys like win like a a title, you know, in a in a big company, you know. So like it was super cool to see that. So the revival didn't um they didn't retain the titles. No, no, they lost it at uh they lost it at uh, NXT Takeover Toronto. In a two out of three falls match. I watched, um, um, I watched, I think the only match uh, that that I did watch was the um, Nakamura fight and uh, Nakamura and and Samoa Joe. And uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, I was in between a lot of of things, man, but I made sure that I, I, you know, that I watched that fight. It was, wow! It was, I didn't know they lost though. Wow, that's crazy. It was an amazing match, but it, like the whole uh, the whole uh, event was uh, really awesome. Actually, the um, the Oscar versus Mickey James match was really good. I watched that. I watched that too. R- man, I I really and that was probably the most competitive competitive of all the Oscar matches that I've seen since she's been in uh, NXT. Yeah, you know why I watched that though, right? Oh, I of course I know why you why you watched that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing was, I've been going back on the uh, WWE network and like catching old like um, uh, women's can, matches. Can you hear this? Can, can you hear this? <laughs> that shit is real. <laughs> You're stupid, man. <laughs> But I've been going back and uh and and catching uh some of her old matches in WWE from back in the day, and there were some really dope matches, um during her time with like Trish Stratus and everything. But like what always ruined it, but going back and watching it was how big of a pervert the King was, like during those matches. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, these are actually really good matches. But like Jerry Lawler is being a total pervert the whole time, you know, and, and not even really calling the match, you know, so. But um, but that match with Asuka was actually really fucking good, and I really enjoyed it, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that was super cool to see live. Yeah, yeah but you, you know, um, Mickey Jack, she still looked good, too, though. Yeah, she does. We, didn't, rec- we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't recognize that, man. That's, like, we should recognize how great that Mickey James looked. 
<laughs> you know what she meant. You, you, you know, when I seen her, all I could think of was. Silly, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you oh man, you you silly man. I I know how you feel about her. Uh yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know she lost. It was a great match though. You can't front on it. Oh, dude, it was it was such a like like I said like I think since um out of all the matches that Asuka's had like I think that was like one of the more competitive matches that um that she's had in NXT, you know? So I was like super, super surprised, super happy with that, you know, and seeing that definitely live, you know, I had some pretty decent seats, you know, with uh, a really cool like group of people around me. So it was actually super fun, like throughout the whole night there uh, at the Air Canada Center. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So your, your stay in Toronto was, um, is, is, it was cool. Oh yeah, I was pretty much there and back, and everything was. Um, I had a fun time. Like that, I, I go to Toronto. I've been in Toronto a lot, but it's been a a long time since I've been in that part of town where I'm over by the Air Canada Center, which is by the Rogers Center, which I know is the Sky Dome and will always call the Sky Dome, and over mm-hmm. by the uh, the Space Needle. So I, I walked around there, and um, that, that was the first time I've been on that part of town in a long time. So it was super cool, like to see all see those uh, things again. Uh, but the only the only only whack thing was on the way back, like the temperature dropped and it started snowing. So like my my drive from Toronto to about London, Ontario, for about two hours was just full of snow and high wind. So it was like stressing me out. But once I got past London, it cleared up. So London, like the last two hours from London back to Detroit, was like super chill. Hey, look. On a side note, um, when I press this record up, I know we came calling, you know, uh, all over the place now. But I told you this is how it was gonna be. Um, <laughs> um, I want you to I want you to go to Toronto with me, man. And uh, I, you know, I want to you know, get this vinyl, this new vinyl in stores, man. Uh, my goal is to, you know, have this new shit out on record store day. I think it's April 15th or something like that. So I will go to Toronto um, for anything. Like I, you said what? I'll go to Toronto for anything. Okay. Well, that's what, that, that, that's what we going to do, man. And, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we can hook up with Moss and, you know, I can see Turnia and where if Cardinal official official is at home, you know, wherever he's at, I'm trying to be there too, man. I got a boy that lived there um, uh, named Chuck Winters. He used to uh, be a cornerback for the University of Michigan. He won a couple of Arena Bowl titles with Detroit Fury and he won a CFL title with the Toronto Organized. He teaches, he's a coach for uh, for one of the teams in the CFL. Uh, I'm trying to think. Saskatchewan, maybe? Okay. Uh, the, the, the Tigers. Hamilton. He's the Hamilton Tigers. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a full name, but, yeah, the uniform colors is like 
It's like uh, yellow and brown. They are Hamilton Tigers. I think that's what it is, man. But, yeah, my boy, uh, you know, uh, easily one of the best guys that I've ever met. And uh, he's been telling me to come back to Toronto for a minute, man. So we'll have some places to stay straight up. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm, you don't, I'll go to Toronto for anything. You know, it's like one of my favorite places to go, you know, so definitely, definitely. And, um, me and you going. Oh, yeah, definitely. We going. And, uh, yeah, while we're talking about some, uh, while we've been talking about some, uh, WWE stuff, some wrestling stuff, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. WWE's, uh, TLC pay per view is this Sunday, headlined mm-hmm. by, uh, AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, in a tables, ladders, and chairs match, I'm like, I think, mm-hmm. I think this match will be really good. I, I mean, AJ Styles matches are always good, but I feel like this could be something really, really cool. Well, here's the thing. Here's the whole thing. You know, AJ Styles is in the match, so a four-star AJ Styles match will look like a five-star to people that are not familiar. (laughs) Right, right, definitely. You know, so um, I wish he can at least unleash his full arsenal. I used to love the move where he used to flip over the dude, and it was like a like a power driver almost, but he like flip upside down, and, and then boom, all of a sudden, boom. You know what I'm talking about? It was like a, it ain't the finisher that he got now. It's no, I know what you're talking, talking about. about. Yeah, it's sort of like this flip thing that happens, and you you end up in a pen. Yeah, it's like the dopest. Yeah, he he see, and that's what we know. He ain't released his full arsenal yet, man. Oh, right. So, uh, like I said, a four star AJ style match is gonna look phenomenal to people that are not aware of who he is so it don't matter who he's in the ring with he's always going to be you know whatever he's involved in is going to be top notch so yeah i'm i'm i don't even to be totally honest with you i don't even get geek for raw pay-per-views i get geek for smackdown pay-per-views because it's all about aj styles right and the thing is and this and this might be a hot take that a lot of people don't agree with or don't even understand i I and I know people are getting a little annoyed with the whole James Ellsworth thing, but I that shit is killing me now. But no, the thing is, I get it. I get why. I I think it's actually a good thing to have him sort of involved in all of this. Reason being is that first off, historically, with Dean Ambrose a part of the um the title picture. Just him alone versus whoever, it kind of gets stale really quickly. The thing is, mm-hmm. when you when you inject this weird looking guy James Ellsworth to it, it brings this sort of um, kind of comic relief to it that Dean Ambrose has been trying to do with other people, um, because he always tries to have this weird like I don't care sort of humorous jackass sort of smartass thing to it, you know, to Corny. his. To his Corny. thing. What do you call? Corny. Corny. And it, Corny. Well, it, like, I'm not the biggest Dean Ambrose fan, but I feel like even with this right now, it does inject a little bit more of something into the thing between AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Plus, also, they have... Dean, 
And this is the Dean, thing. Dean Ambrose is a one-way type. Uh, he's a one-way type wrestler. And I like his great. I like his in-ring work. I think, you know, I mean, his, his in-ring work, I mean, you can't clown on it. Mike's skills, eh, hit or miss. Right. You know. Yeah, so I agree with you when you say he uh, the the weird looking dude um, James Ellsworth he he does add a little something to you know what they trying to do but and another thing and another thing the that I the reason why I like this whole weird little James Ellsworth guy to be a part of it is um, also historically um, before the brand split whenever you had like a, a title feud. They always put the the two guy the two top guys that are in this feud into all these weird funky matches like six man tags tag team matches. They try to always put them in the ring fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. The way SmackDown has been, AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose haven't been fighting each other. They might rumble a little bit or anything, but they're not in matches together. They're not any stupid eight-man tags, six-man tags with each other. So injecting mm-hmm. this weird-looking Ellsworth guy kind of brings that buffer to where them two guys can still have their feud, but there's still something, there's another person that kind of distract it all, all the time and kind of vent the whole feud through. Because in the past, you'd always, the title picture would always kind of move way too fast. Or... Or you would see all these wrestlers fight everybody else way too fast. And mm-hmm. it's been great that AJ Styles hasn't ran through the roster already. I'm glad. Oh, he's, yeah. No, no he, doubt. He's, he's really, he hasn't wrestled that many people in a singles match in w, since he's come to WWE. He's, he's, had, he's gone from one feud to the other, but they've kind of stuck him. They've kept him with that person that he's feuding. He hasn't had any just random matches on TV just for shits and giggles against whoever, you know? And that's what I that's why that's what I like about this feud and the feuds that the, they've been having with AJ Styles is that they're not running him through the whole roster, you know? And that's true. I mean it's kinda hard to run him through the whole roster when he on when he on SmackDown. Um I I would like to see him I would like to see AJ in the feud with uh, Bray Wyatt. I would like to see AJ in the feud with uh, what's the tall kid, the the the, the newer tall kid, the one that's beefing with uh, the the luchador. Oh, Baron Corbin. That would be a dope feud. Right. If and this is the thing. And, if if uh, when and if AJ Styles has to lose his title. I would rather it be to someone like Bray Wyatt or hell, even the Undertaker. Like if they're gonna give Undertaker another uh title run. I would rather it be either Bray Wyatt or the Undertaker. I I'm I don't know if they're gonna eventually like I don't know if they're eventually gonna give Cena another run, but I just don't want John Cena to beat AJ Styles for the title. That's what's going to happen, I think, because I think it's already been agreed upon. Um, I would rather Rick Flair. I would rather that blessing. If Cena is going to win the title, I would rather him beat like the Undertaker for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> than, than AJ Styles for it. Well, you know that's not gonna happen because <laughs> take take her only come out for WrestleMania now. Right, and, but I'm so, I'm hoping after that 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 appearance that he made that maybe he's gonna do something else. But I'm not sure. You know, there was such a murky, vague sort of promo that he cut when he came back on the 900th episode of SmackDown. You did you did see that he was walking um, with the cane. Right. Um, uh, like a week or two weeks prior to him showing up on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently he did have some surgery or something on his hip or something like that. But, um, I don't know. He, I don't know. He was, when he made that appearance, he looked to be, you know, uh, walking pretty fine. So, you know, who know? We don't, we don't know what's going to go on with the undertaker, but, it was kind of cool when he made that appearance that he kind of made it vague, so you never, whatever's next, won't be will be like kind of like oh that's what he meant or whatever. Or they can it's, it's very open ended, you know, so that's kind of cool. Mhm. And uh, okay. Right. But um, yeah, that yeah. So it's gonna be AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose uh, this Sunday at Tables Lid uh, t- uh, TLC pay per view. Um, mm-hmm. and then. I know we were talking about it earlier with uh, you know the Bray Wyatt and uh, Ray, Randy Orton going for the tag titles versus uh, Heath Slater and Rhino. I mean, I kind of want the Wyatt family to win that just so Bray Wyatt finally gets a belt. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I definitely want him to win. Um, it's just I'm getting tired of you know, like, wow, man, you know, he's important to us, but I guess he ain't important to y'all, you know? Um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, I just wish it wasn't for, you know, more so for a singles title than tag team. I ain't mad at it, though, because he'll get some gold, but still, he deserves a singles push. Definitely. Okay, as we uh, kind of transition into MMA, I just read something online. There's a breaking story uh, from uh, MMAfighting.com that Conor McGregor has Conor McGregor been, just got his boxing license. Just got his boxing license in the state of California. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, I mean... It doesn't matter, you know, that's all smoke and mirror. I keep telling people Floyd is his own boss. Conor ain't his own boss. Anything he got to do, he has to go through UFC because he's a contracted fighter. So unless Floyd, you know, is giving in to, to certain concessions, which I don't believe because, you know, we go back to fighting you know, Connor may be certain things in MMA, but in boxing, Floyd is the A side and Connor is the B side. So when you talk about leverage, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the UFC and Connor McGregor negotiating against Floyd Mayweather's team, which is Team Mayweather. So 
Who's going to get the bigger chunk? I'll tell you. Floyd, the UFC, and then Connor. Now, that could be possibly the biggest check Connor ever got in his life. Right. For a single fight appearance. But ultimately, the biggest chunk is going to go to Floyd Mayweather. And the UFC is going to go along with it because it's profitable. It's a business. And if that does happen, you're going to see one of the most one-sided affairs ever in the history of boxing. Because uh, it will be worse than Floyd Mayweather decimating fucking uh, Arturo Gotti in fucking Atlantic City. It would be worse than Floyd taxing one of my favorite fighters of all time, Diego Corrales, rest in peace, ever. Um, the bottom line is, can Conor throw a left? He sure can. But what does he have after you take that left away? Right. You talking about you talking about the this is just my opinion. You talking about the best pound for pound ever defensive fighter ever in the world, and this is your first professional boxing match. Nah, son. It, it will be worse. It, it will be pretty bad. It'd be lucrative for Floyd. Floyd wouldn't come out with no bruises. Connor will probably get so desperate that he'll forget that it's a boxing match and probably take him to the ground. Because, <laughs> it, yeah, for real, I'm just keeping it honest, man. Floyd Hands is on a whole nother level, and he's a counter puncher. So if he's waiting for you to throw your best shot, and he's constantly ducking your best shot, and nothing else matters. What's about to happen? He, he's going to counter your best shot every time, and after a while, you can take maybe one or two or three, you know, ding, 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 round. But after six, seven, eight, nine rounds, you taking the decisive. You taking like I keep going back to the Arturo Gotti fight because Floyd had five, six punch combinations in those fights. Yeah. It would be worse for Conor McGregor than it was Arturo Gotti. And I stand by my words. And mm -hmm. yeah, this topic kind of like leads into the next topic that the big news for today um, in the MMA world was the announcement of the Mixed Martial Arts Athletes Association. Um, it was um, brought, you know, brought out by Tim Kennedy, Cowboy Cerrone, um, GSP, Bjorn Rebney, TJ Dillashaw, and Kane Velasquez. Why the fuck was Bjorn there? <laughs> See, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that was like, that shocked a lot of people. They were like, why is he here? He has this bad rep from Bell Bellator. Um... And they say that, and Tim Kennedy said that he's not a part of the actual board of this association. Yeah, yeah. That I've he's, seen that. But why have that motherfucker in the picture? The appearance of it looks horrible. So you're going to have, and you know, not, you know, I ain't going to sit up here and, and, and clown me too hard because I will say this. 
I met Bjorn. Bjorn has always treated me nice, and maybe he treated me nice because he knew I was Mo's dude, you know. Um, but he always re- was respectful to me. I mean, to me. But after this, after the rampage fight, you know, like. Like I just learned so much about Bjorn, man. Bjorn is is probably the worst promoter of all time. So, um, he's not a man of his word. He makes promises that he can't fulfill, and he's also created the worst MMA contracts of all time. So, ask Rampage uh, about that. You know, I'm not even the big Rampage dude, but ask Rampage about that. Ask anybody. Like life is choices. Um, but do you think Mo uh, got a good deal? But do you think? Uh, but do you think like someone like that, if being on the more on the fighter side and the, instead of being on the promoter side, that maybe they need a shark like that on their side to deal with the sharks from the uh, UFC? Yeah, but he just not good. He ain't. You know, I want to be like, oh yeah, he, you know, be on. Oh. oh, oh. But I, I don't I don't feel that way about him. I just feel like he's about himself. And I'm only, you know, this is his first hurrah back into the game since he's basically got voted out, um, you know, from Bellator. Yeah. You know, they took the company from me. They took his vision from me. You know, Bellator was his creation. They took that shit from him because they knew – he wasn't. My boy called him a dick rider live on television. <laughs> Mo called him a dick rider. Motherfucking dick rider on TV. I was there. Look, I'm telling you, you know, that Mo Rampage fight, we all smile and we smile. And after the third round, only thing we waiting for is to celebrate. We waiting just for them to just say, and the winner is King Mo. That's how confident we were that we won that fight. Yeah. And that shit, when they made the announcement, it was like, and then Bjorn, you know, he went over the rampage, and he was just like, wait, it was on some Don King type shit. And it was like, man, you fuck stick. Are you kidding me? And again, I try not to clown people that have been cool to me, but it just, like, wow, I can't believe, like, what you're doing right now. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust a dude that's, you know, Tim Kennedy say one thing, that's cool, but I wouldn't even have that dude around. Just him being in the picture is bad. Some of the um, some of the numbers that they, uh, that they dropped during this uh, conference call, they're saying that um, the UFC fighters get about, in total, 8% of the revenue. And Revenue was saying that uh, when – you know, when he was a promoter, he said that he would uh, paid fighters around 50%, 53% of the revenue. And even GSP said that, um, and I don't, you know, I don't think this is something he, like he would have to say, you know, but he said that he even th- believes that UFC doesn't give Conor McGregor his fair share. They, they, they don't. Conor, see, here's the thing. 
what makes Connor different than every other fighter? Connor has a real team that actually looks at the what it was the analytics. They they look at the numbers. Yeah. They look at when he fights as compared to when this person fight who's supposed to be that person. Right. Well, if every time my pay per view numbers come out, I'm over a million, and you saying this person over here is number one, but yet they can't even get barely over five hundred, six hundred thousand. And I'm talking about Ronda Rousey. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, okay. You talking about sixty dollars per buy over a million people every time you fight. You're only getting okay. Well, okay. So you talking about a million? You talking about sixty dollars? Okay. You got to split half of that with the cable. Uh, subscriber or whoever is broadcasting it for you, that still leaves you with like half a billion dollars, like almost, if that's the case. You know, 300 million, at the most, 600 million for pay per view. Yeah. Um, you split that, you split that, uh, half, 300 is yours. Okay. If Connor's bringing that revenue, I don't see how you can't offer him 10% or 20% or 30% because he's the one that's bringing that revenue. Not Ronda Rousey. You know, Mo has always been, you know, just learning. Like, I've learned about this business for a long time, man. So I see the shit that happens backstage and the numbers and all of that crazy shit, man. Mo has always told me one thing, and this is why when people hit him with this, man, well, you should be in UFC shit. Mo don't give a fuck about none of that shit, man. You know what he care about? Getting paid. Ultimately, your window was only so small to get enough money to properly secure what you're trying to do in the next phase of your life. Right, definitely. With with one shot, all that can end in one shot. So you mean to tell me if you're bringing in this revenue knowing what I just said and you only giving me pennies? That's why they don't want no union. That's why like they don't want a lot of stuff, man. And when I say they, I mean UFC. They got new owners now. We go see how this shit change. We go see. Do you um, do you think this is uh this association has any chance of being helpful for the fighters? They got to disassociate themselves with Bjorn. Um, I like GSP being on the panel. I love Kane being on the panel. Kane telling you he had he's had seven surgeries since what two thousand nine. Yeah, and he has one um, still scheduled and, afterwards. Yeah, and, and he's on the upper echelon. So for him to even come out and say this, that means a lot for fighters, man. I think sometimes, man, people get so caught up in the UFC, the legacy, the Bellator, the the IFL, the 
the the all the alphabet and organization shit, man. You forget the reason you watch these alphabet leagues and these organizations. You watch it because maybe your fight, your favorite fighter is over in that organization. So UFC has the they 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 have you know they have the gold standard of fighters. Fighters have, I mean, in my opinion. A lot of people fight in UFC because of the whole, you know, it's like I'm on Def Jam, but like you on the on the lower end of Def Jam, and they don't know if they go shelve you or not, so right. they may give you a single here and there to see what you're gonna do, and then you know if if you pop, you know you 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 okay, well then we'll bring you up to this level, da 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 da, but you're still getting paid on the low end because you're risking your fucking life. So it's up to fighters to know their worth. Um, I got educated in this, you know, real early by being around some smart people. Um, and I'm not even a fighter, even though I feel like I am in, in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, fighters fight, you know, they they fight for the love of it, of it but they also fight for, for the payoff. When you see somebody like Floyd Mayweather getting a hundred million, you know, just a base salary of a hundred million, not even counting the pay-per-view buys that he did with Pacquiao, but he got a hundred million dollar check just for showing up. Yeah, because they knew they knew the revenue of the pay-per-view was going to be ridiculous. They thought two, three million. It went like what four point six. So. Four point six million times sixty dollars. Add that shit up. Add that shit up. And UFC ain't doing four point six million. They doing you know, with certain people they they doing a million, and then with others they doing under a million. You know, but Connor, he ain't GSP ain't ain't lying. He ain't getting you know Connor settling. Yeah, he he may be getting ten fifteen million dollars, but that ain't shit. Yeah, you get a couple. You getting pay per view buys. But that ain't really your real worth. Your real worth is what you bring to the table. And Connor knows that. That's why he get away with the shit that he get away with. Nobody else can, you know, and this is where you have to get credit to Connor. Connor talked the shit, and with the exception of one time, he's backed everything up. And he came back, even though I, I felt like the decision was bogus, he came back and righted that wrong. So we can look at him in a lot of ways, man. But that dude, man, he he is what he is. He He's winning right now. And, and uh, the fighters need to wake up, man. You know, don't be mad at that dude because he's smart. Can't be mad at that. He right. got a good team. You know, a lot of y'all, you know, just wanted to be on Wheaties boxes and <laughs> shit like that, you know. So, you know, you got dudes, you know, will clown this dude, but, you know, you, like, I'm so disappointed in Jose Aldo, man. I am a Jose Aldo guy. <laughs> but you got knocked the fuck out. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, however many, many, many fucking seconds. You got knocked the fuck out. How you going to call this dude a coward and all of this, that, and the other? And this dude went up 
and fucking won the lightweight t- title as well. So because he didn't defend it on you, defend it, you know, like, to me, statements like that let me know that that loss still hasn't resonated to him. Like, you really lost by that much. Now, as much as it may hurt, you know, a real one will be like, you know what, he got me. I want a rematch, blah, 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 blah. But what surprises me the most is this dude basically cried. I'm retiring, blah, 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 Okay, the UFC, they had a good means with the UFC. Um, I honestly believe the UFC wouldn't have made the move that they made had DC not got injured. They had to make the fight more exciting. Right, definitely. Um, um, all that shit is just corny to me, man. And for him to, to get, for him to get the undisputed title without winning the undisputed uh, belt and you stripping it from Connor without giving Connor. And, and, and again, you know, I like Connor, but I haven't liked the matchups that, he, that he's had. I mean, he proved me wrong with the Eddie Alvarez, but I still, you know, I chose Nick Diaz to beat him twice. He got him one time. And to me, he got him the second time. Um, Connor proved me wrong. You prove me wrong, I got to give it up to you. So, you know, he, so everything he's got, he's earned. You know, so he's the new guy to hate. Um, these dudes, you know, um, it just, it just ain't right. I just think, like, Jose, like, Jose Aldo got a lot of nerve, you know, clowning this dude, man. And, and all we got to do is hit a replay and, nigga, you out. You, you, right. you out quicker than, quicker than, a segment on ESPN. So, but yet this dude is this, and you know, hopefully he just be quiet and, and fight the winner uh, of the match, you know, the Holloway uh, Pettis fight, and you know he, he he defend that belt, and you know maybe he get that shot at Connor again at lightweight, man. Um, but right now he holds no cards, and. You can talk, you feel have way you want to feel about Connor, but he knocked you out in some seconds, bro. Right. Um, kind of getting back to like the the, the athletes association. Um, outside of you know Bjorn Rebney, uh, you know everybody that is a part of this, you know that was part of this today. You know everybody's pretty much you know respected figures in uh, MMA and it was mm-hmm. to have somebody like, you know, GSP uh, be a part of it. You know, it does say a lot. Have someone like Tim Kennedy. GSP and Kane. GSP and Kane to me are the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, the thing is, Tim like, Kennedy. Yeah. Don't he look like one of the Vaughn villains? What's that? Don't Tim Kennedy look like one of the Vaughn villains? <laughs> oh, you silly, man. <laughs> But um, but uh, my question is: There's been you know there's been talks of you know fighters associations before. Um, a lot of these guys saying that there's been other people coming up to them. Um, why do you think this one kind of finally happened and they finally 
sort of announced it in such a grandiose way like they did today. Um, what do you think and why do you think they uh, included somebody like Rebney to be a part of it? Do you think they, they, this is something where there was like, okay, we want this, but we're kind of running out of options and let's just see how to, let's just get this going. Do you think that was part of the plan or part of what just happened? Just seeing Bjorn in in those pictures, it, you know, I don't really know what to think. To be honest with you, it's like, why? Why because is he? The thing was, a lot of lot of a lot of their dialogue today between those guys were saying, "I know a lot of you guys are scared to stand up. We're still scared, also. Let's just, you know, get on this train and run it to the wheels fall off, you know." So part of me is just like, okay, yeah, they're finally. Stand, trying to stand up in some way but a part of me is also like they're still not 100% sure if this is going to work you know or this is not like 100% the ideal situation still to go about be, having this athletes association do you believe that might be true uh just me and, and kind of know what I know a little bit about some of them. I just would have questioned Bjorn. Like, I'd have been like, man, look, bro, I get it. You want to be a part of it. Cool. But let the, let the, let us five over here take this picture. And, <laughs> you know, we can come to whatever conclusion afterwards. But let us five, us five fighters, you know, we include you in, in the little press drops. You know, we mention your name, but just him in that picture, just, I wouldn't have made that decision, man. You got to, you know, that dude, he ain't A1 like that, man. So I think overall, everything that everybody's talking about is great. You know, with Tim Kennedy saying that he's not going to be involved in, the decisions and all that true. Okay. I get you're saying that, but the appearance doesn't look like that. So, um, I mean, you know, similar to Donald Trump, man, we just gotta let this shit play out and see what's going to happen. And what, what do you think? What do you think the, the sort of reaction to fighters outside of UFC, because they, they were pretty honest that this is more geared towards UFC as opposed to the other. Yeah, because, because they're, the, they're the conglomerate. I mean, even though Bellator is owned by Viacom, and Viacom is one of the most powerful entities in the, in, in the world, you know, the UFC, for, you know, for all its purposes, they're looked at as the number one, you know, yeah. you know your legal organization when you're talking about an MMA. So you, you, you gear it toward what everybody knows. And what you hope for is, you know, people become, you know, less ignorant about, you know, what's really going on in mixed martial arts. And it's not about the UFC. I think I've been preaching this since I've been on these podcasts. Right. You know, it's not about the UFC. It's, it's about, you know, the legacies, the XFCs, the cage fighters, the 
Bellator, the it's about a lot of things, man. UFC, uh, the 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 rising. It's it's about all of that. Right. You know you 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 gotta look. You know it ain't about. You know I'm pretty sure people don't know about you know rising being you know owned by former pride owners, but people still you know they like well what is this rising they. They don't know the history of the owner, um, but but Vanderlei fi- Vanderlei Silva fighting over there. They're like, oh, Vanderlei fighting Ryzen. They go tune in just because they want to see Vanderlei fight. Right. Just like people may not know a Bellator, you know, but they know Fedor got a fight on Bella, you know, on a Bellator card soon. So they go tune in to Bellator because they want to see the Fedor fight. That's how you. You know, that's why, you know, people say whatever they want to say about Kimbo Slice and his success. I think Kimbo set the precedence of what it's all about. Still to this day, the most highly watched Ultimate Fighter episode, uh, his debut on there. You're talking about still to this day on television, on CBS, when he headlined Elite FC. Um, That dude did a lot of stuff, man, and it's because people knew about him being on the Internet, and they were intrigued with his look, and, you know, everything was just Kimbo. They, They didn't know nothing about who he was fighting for. They was tuning in because of that fighter. It's not a lot of fighters that understand the, understand their true value. So I think when all fighters align up to say, "Hey, you know what, man? I bring this to the table. I need this." So they they all need that, man. So you know we gonna see what's gonna happen, and uh, you know it's gonna be some ups and some downs. But right. at the end of the day, I think the 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 fighters are gonna understand. Like, look, we hold we hold a lot. And it's a big look for the GSPs and the Velasquez and, uh, you know, you, 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 I'm, I, I, I would have kept beyond on that picture though. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, uh, there is more and more of a, you know, dangerous sort of precedent being set where things are turning more into the, you know, what's going to be the pay-per-view buys, uh, what's going to be the good headliner, what's that, um, instead of the rankings, the competitiveness, there's more of this, more of this sort of entertainment aspect sort of being, you know, a part of MMA now where it's about the names, like you kind of talking about just now. How do, and, and for the most part, that does at, at the same time sort of, UFC's business model is almost also about this disposableness of a lot of their fighters uh, because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able, they're not guys who draw anything. Like, so why are you going to have them around? How do you feel like this association might help some of those lower ranking, lower rung fighters in the UFC? It's not because they're going to get threatened. They, you know, it'll always be stuff that we don't hear about until way after the fact down the line, man. But, 
you can be threatened in a, in a different way to make you back away from certain things. Um, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of females, uh, one female backed away from um, the announcement because somebody leaked her name. Was it Lisa Smith? Okay. Something like that. Okay, um, yeah, I didn't hear about uh, that. Female in UFC. I think Chris Cyborg smashed her. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, yeah, that was yeah, that was like two fights ago when they say Chris, you know, hit her or something like that, and she wasn't ready and whatever, but she got smashed. Um, but uh, she backed away because somebody leaked her name and said, "Man, you got to have balls when you do this shit, man." Because UFC got bread all day to play with this, so you know. People people want to ultimately fight. They want to do their shit. They want to earn a living. That's what it's really about. People want to earn a living, so they don't want to. They ain't trying to, you know. You know, people don't want to cross that line, man. You know, people that cross the line, like I said, the, the GSPs. You know, it, he can cross the line. He's set. He ain't got to do shit the rest of his life. Right. He's set. He's set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's set. So. There's no risk for him because he good. He look at this bank account and it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know. Um, but the dudes that I make more money than, you know, that's a lot of dudes, man, you know. They may have that whatever, whatever. You see them on TV. Oh, that's great. Oh! <laughs> they ain't making no bread. They ain't making no bread, man. It's, it's just the the realness, you know. I, I wake up every morning knowing that, you know, like wow, I make more bread than some of these dudes that's risking their lives, and I risk my life, but they really risking their lives, right? You know, like that's a whole nother type of like when you're talking about the shit that they do. So, yeah, man, I just uh, fighters need to wisen up. Definitely. Okay, kind of uh, transitioning to the upcoming uh, UFC 206 card, which I texted you the one day. I'm like, yo, I think I need like a a, a washboard or draw a diagram to to keep up on all the changes on this card. <laughs> um, I'll be going to Toronto to actually uh, be in attendance for it. Um, and like like we were like you mentioned before that um because of uh uh Daniel Cormier uh, getting injured the groin injury his fight against Rumble Johnson is out now so the the Pettis and Max Holloway has been uh, bumped to the main event and then all the crap around the featherweight belt you know is you know is happening now um they stripped Connor of the uh, the featherweight belt and then uh, promoted Aldo to the new champ, which that is kind of crazy. And um, and then Pettis and Holloway are going to be fighting for the interim champion. Which look, why why don't they just have Pettis and Holloway fight for fight the belt for the number one contendership, or the, just the belt itself? Jose Aldo for the vacant featherweight title. Yeah, why why give them these these? Um, you know these championships or these these designations well, right what, now. Look, what they did, well, what they did was empower Connor more. 
The thing, yeah, the thing is, they're actually like, they're actually making Connor to come out to be the good guy out of all of this, you know, to where at a later time, if he wants to drop back down to featherweight and fight whoever it is who has the belt, like, it'll be this crazy comeback story of how the UFC screwed him out of his belt or whatever, you know. They just did it in kind of a weird way to where it was like, it was it was almost like panic mode to make that, that, uh, that Pettis Holloway match more interesting, which I don't think they needed to do for more, you know, they could have, you know, yes, make it the main event. Yes. Make it five rounds, but you know, just make it for the number one contendership for it. You know, that's all they really needed to do. They didn't need to go through all this other crap, you know, I just think it's real corny. Um, and and the thing is, Pettis oh, and Holloway yeah. are the ones that's been fighting lately. You know, Aldo hasn't been, mm-hmm. and he he has the he had this interim title. You know, for and he got knocked out by the champ. You know, so in thirteen seconds. You know, and he he did all this thing about leaving and doing all this other stuff and everything, and and now they're just going to hand it over to him? Like, I don't know, man. That just seems kind of weird, you know? It, it, it just it just lets you know. Uh, it, to me, that probably was all the type of shit that was agreed upon when he, when he met with the UFC in a private meeting. Like, I just look at all that shit as, as preconceived, you know? Um, but I don't think it would have happened this quick had DC not got injured. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, this this got all ramped up because of that. Which makes it look real suspect to people that really know. And that's why it's become a sideshow, man. I've been saying for years, you know, stop, you know, people get caught up with the UFC type shit, man. They better start watching all the organizations, man. Missing out with some special shit over in Bellator. That's just me. You know, I've been around both brands. Yeah, I've been around a couple brands, uh, UFC, Bellator, and Strikeforce. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a circus <laughs> for the <laughs> Alphabet Company. You know, um, I think Beyond had good intentions with Bellator, with the tournaments. And I like tournament-type styles, but... Um, I mean, the, the, just, I mean, the uh, UFC is really like really easy to throw that interim title thing out there. You know, they they kind of just throw it out there. They was gonna make an interim uh, championship fight for Rumble Johnson, and he's and like, nah. Saucy. And he was like, nah, I'll just wait for to get the real belt. You know, you know, you know, you know what I would have said, right? <laughs> What would you have said? I would have said, yeah, I know uh, my boy King Mo beat Gaga uh, Musashi for uh, <laughs> the lightweight championship to strike for us. Y'all do know that, right? Right, 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 you right, know? right. Okay, I, I just had to mention that. I always, you look, always mention that. <laughs> I like Gaga. I like Gaga. I root for Gaga because I think he's dope. But I still have to remind people that King Mo on the wall beat Gaga Musashi with only six professional fights um, to Gegard's 
32 professional fights, and I think at the time he was like 32 and one and one or some shit like that. So my boy beat him with only six pro fights. Now, I mean, and you can think however you want to think, but Gegard is one of the most skillful, one of the most dangerous, one of the dopest fighters that that's out there. And, and back in the day, I was one of few that chose Mo to be Gegard, which kind of started our relationship in a sense, you know? So, yeah, but... Yeah, he turned down that fight, man, and I feel, I, I look, I feel, you know, I feel him. You know, why take that risk fight and ain't going to do nothing but reward Gegard if he loses, right. you know? So, yeah, sit out, you know, do the do, do, do the Teron Woodley, man, you know, sit out, wait, and get your shot, pick your shot. I'm all for that. Okay, for this... Uh... Now crowned uh, main event for two hundred six Pettis versus Holloway. Um, how do you feel like? How you, what do you think is going to happen in that fight? Honestly, I think that's like a pick'em fight. Right. But I'll tell you who I'm rooting for. Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Showtime. One of my best times ever watching mixed martial arts on television was when I watched him climb the fence and hit Ben Henderson <laughs> with a with a right leg kick off the fucking fence, like some video game type shit. It was the greatest shit that and I, I'm a I'm a Bendo fan. I fucks with Ben Henderson. You know, he's you know, every time I see him, he, he's cool, you know. Um, but that's one of the dopest shits that I've ever seen. Like, like how do you even improv some shit like that? Like, <laughs> what, goes you through your, what goes through your mind when you say, you know, I'm going to jump off this fence and kick him in the face? That shit just, it was dope. And what that was, ladies and gentlemen, that was, that was Taekwondo. And... You know, I, I am one that was raised up on on Taekwondo. That's why I love this sport because of Taekwondo and wrestling. Um, you know, like I said, I, I wish, I just wish the rules was like what they are now, twenty years ago. I wish it because this is what I would be doing. Um, I love combat. I love. You got to be a different type dude, you know, to 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 love this type shit, man. So, yeah, man, MMA, wrestling, and, and hip hop, but like we all the same. We 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 the same people. <laughs> we weird as fuck. <laughs> right. Um. Also, um. Also, it was confirmed today that the the Tim Kennedy versus Calvin Gastelum fight's actually going to happen at uh, two o six. Um. That's good. That's good. Gaslam was banned by the uh, New York uh, um, Sports Commission, um, but how do you ban somebody for not making weight? That's corny <laughs> within itself. <laughs> New York was going on was banning all sorts of people, man. For after uh, two o five, 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's corny what they do to my man Yoel. That's corny. Right, right, man. They banned him for leaving the leaving the cage. I was like, what? But they only gave no him No gay Jesus! No gay Jesus. But they gave him sixty days and he wasn't even planning on fighting in the next sixty days, you know. He's like like the proposed fight with him and uh Bisbing was like way past sixty days, you know? So it's like Whatever. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm all about love. <laughs> we met about, we met about the gay Jesus. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. Much love. I love you. I love you. I love you, Miss Me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Yoel, man. My boys say he hit hard, so I respect it. <laughs> but um, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want no issues with you, my dude. <laughs> nope, I don't. Oh shoot! But um, okay, just put that shit, just put that shit out there. <laughs> but uh, Tim Kennedy versus Gastelum. Uh, who do you got in that fight? Um. Honestly, that's a pick and fight too. But if I had to pick somebody, um, Gasolum, I think he's I think he's more well rounded. Whereas Tim Kennedy is more so a wrestler first than anything else. Um, you know what I would like to see? Just to be honest with you, I would like you know while while Michael Bisping is around here parading like he's like the people's champion, why don't you try to make your L right? You know, give uh, you know, give Kennedy a shot. You know, give him a shot. You know, since he beat you before. You know, he ain't gonna do that though. He gonna take the easiest fights he can. And if he fight Yoel, Yoel is gonna beat the bricks off his. You know, I mean, you know, that's a Styles fight. And actually, Bisbee could do good in that fight if he uses outside leg kicks. You know, to to, to the leg. And keep a jab in his face, but the problem with that is he's gonna gas probably the second half, third round. Yoel's gonna land the right hand. Right. Once he land that right hand, you know, uh, once he you know land that right hand and gets him to the ground, there is no way that Bisbing is gonna get up. He's gonna get beat to a pulp. And we're going to have a new champion. So, I mean, and I'm telling you how the fight is going to go. Uh, this in my opinion. I think one of them is full out round. But I think Gasolum, I mean, I think uh, you know, Romero will beat the brakes off of this dude. And, and, you know, we'll see soon, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't been confirmed yet, you know, but, you know, what they're saying is that Yoel Romero will uh, face Bisbing at uh, UFC 208, which will be January 21st out of in Anaheim, which is the same day as Bellator in Los Angeles with uh, 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 Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz. What's going on, man? Uh, the um, the Bisbing Yoel Romero fight is rumored to be the same day as the Chael Sonnen. Tito Ortiz fight. 
Okay, if that's the case, we need to go. Um, we need to go to one of them fights. I don't care which one it is. <laughs> and, and and Mo probably gonna be at that fight. Um, yeah. So we can figure out what we gonna do, man. But yeah, let's plan for that, man. Let's plan. If that's the case, let's plan for that, man, and figure out what we gonna do, man. Cause we get down there, man. We can have a blast. Right. You know, last time I went to L.A., man, I got to the hotel. I mean, I and I, I dropped down, um, and I went to Hertz. And it was like, oh, we, you know, you you're a special customer. We're gonna upgrade you on, on your own car. You, you still pay the same, you know, deal that you would, you know, pay, uh, you know, for, you know, when you're normally, you know, dealing with Hertz. I'm like, okay, man, them dudes, they pulled out a Benz on me. It was like the SUV Benz. Oh damn. Oh uh, man, I. I feel so proud. I mean, because I, I, I'm always traveling, man. Like, the only thing that, you know, I got to make sure I get my ride. That When I'm out of town, the only thing I really wor- worry about is getting my ride because I don't like being – maybe a lot of time, man, where I might park and I don't do nothing, but I need a ride. I, I don't – I can't. I can't wait on no cabs or no Uber or no whole ass <laughs> shit like that, man. I, I, yeah, I need. I mean, and not necessarily whole ass shit, but I'm just saying, just in general. Right, right, know, right. When I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. You know, so yeah, that's where I'm at, baby. We two weeks out, goddammit, Ireland. Ah! Oh yeah, December 12th. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. coming, man. That's coming. <laughs> I'm geek. Um, you know, I'm geek. Definitely. Uh, before we uh, close out this week's podcast, there's a couple. There's a couple fights from last week that I want to uh, bring up uh, uh-huh. that uh, were very interesting to me. First was the Bellator welterweight fight between MVP and Fernando Gonzalez, and like I told you when I finally got around to uh, watching it, I'm like, this fight was trash. It was like very disappointed, very disappointed, brother. It was very disappointed. It was two and a half rounds of of like absolutely nothing. I know MVP has this thing about sort of like showing off and taunting. That's a part of his repertoire, but he didn't do anything with it until like later on in the third round, and then Gonzalez was just basically just watching. It seems like. I don't know if he was dumbfounded about what to do with all of MP- MVP's uh, showboating or whatever, but it was mm-hmm. just like it was just like nothing for two and a half rounds, and then they finally did something at the end of the fight. But it was just like I've seen boring fights before, but they were because there was like <laughs> grappling or something on the ground, but they were actually doing something. That mm-hmm. fight was just like. Yo, okay, if Gonzalez is, like, just sitting there watching you, just go in, man. Like, do something, man. And it was such a weird fight that I don't even know how the judges were able to score that because it was, it was actually a weird scored fight also. Um, it was split decision yeah. where two, two judges gave it to uh, MVP 29-28, but then there was another, but the third judge gave it to G- Gonzalez 27-30. So I'm like, I have no idea how to like score that fight because it was so just, it was a whole lot of nothing. And like you said, like it was such a good opportunity for MVP to really 
break out of what the sort of sort of you know he's he's known for that you know showboating sort of taunting sort of fighting but this was like his moment to really break out and like Ch- Lee, and like Chael Sonnen said Lee, on commentary he's like I don't think Liam was watching this uh, uh terrified by what he's seeing oh 100 percent true <laughs> um the 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 problem that I had with the whole fight was the fact that um when you talk about MVP this kid has when you look at his overall record is more impressive than Wonder Boy. Um, as far as and I'm not talking about MMA, I'm talking about his accolades. Right. As far as martial arts are, are concerned, um, he had an opportunity to say, "Hey, you know what? That dude is not the only one with this style. You know, this is what I'm doing." And he didn't take advantage of that. I think he waited. You know, I, honestly, I thought my man fought for the perfect fight. You know, you wait. You wait for shit like that. You right. don't sit and, you know, MVP is a counterpuncher. So he waiting on you to throw some shit before he snap a kick or punch at you or some slick shit. My man, you know, I'm not going to say he's a counterpuncher, but... It didn't make sense for him to throw when he knew that this dude was a counterpuncher. So he wanted to frustrate him into throwing so he could counter. That's what the whole fight was all about. You know, so um, it was definitely, uh, this wasn't, Styles make fights. This wasn't a good fight for MVP. Hopefully the next time out we'll see something different. But it definitely was, uh, it was, it was bad in, in, in every way you could think of. Right. It, ju- it was just like, I was just, it, just no one took any sort of risk in this fight. It was just, nah. just them in the cage. And it was just like, all right, come on. It was just like, I, I think this is, no, you know how there's fights where even the loser is a winner? I feel like, yeah. I feel like this fight, they were both losers, you know. <laughs> like, even though MVP did win, I don't think it did anything for him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And um, the other fight I want to talk about was the the Robert Whitaker versus uh, Derek Brunson match from uh, uh, Fight Night. Did you check that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised by it. Right. It was a, it was a good match. It was a good fight, though, man. I, re- I really enjoyed it. You 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 know what my prediction was for this fight? What's that? Let me tell you what my prediction was. If Bronson didn't catch him within the first two minutes, because I knew that rush was going to come where he rushed him and would throw everything in the kitchen sink with him. Yeah. When that didn't happen, and when Whitaker got his senses and started landing shots, the fight was over. If you look at all if you look at all Brunson's losses, that's how he's lost. He'll he'll go in real tough 
you know, um, land some shots, then he'll explode. And if he don't get you out when he explodes, you're going to get him because he's gone after he explodes. And that's what Whitaker basically did. He caught him with a, the shots weren't necessarily hard, but he was so gassed to where it weakened him to the point to where it was like, I don't have nothing. Because he gassed out by going in tough. Right. So it was exactly how I expected. You know, you got to conserve your energy, man. When you see Mo fight, and I always compare this back to my dog, when you see Mo fight, he don't go after you until he see you. Like when he when he catch you with that right and he see them legs shaking, oh, it's pretty much a, you can hang that up there because you're not going to come from that. <laughs> but when you catch a person with a good shot and you explode and that person weather the storm, you really don't have nothing. Like you're not supposed – that's what makes Floyd Mayweather so great. He never wastes punches. James Tony. Never wasted punches. Muhammad Ali. Greatest of all time in everybody's eyes. He never wasted punches. So fighters have to learn not to waste punches, make their shots count. I would rather throw 15 punches in a round and land 13 of them than throw 37 punches in a round and land nine of them. I'm just saying. Definitely. And um, one more thing before we uh, close out this uh, podcast uh, for this week, um, and you, and you kind of mentioned it earlier uh, during the other discussion, uh, Bellator did announce that uh, uh, Fedor Emelianenko is going to be uh, coming to Bellator, and his first match is going to be uh, versus uh, Matt Mitrione. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about this? Do you feel like there's going to be a good showing from Fedor? Well. If this was 10 years ago, I would say Fedor would destroy him. Right. Uh, If Fedor did destroy Matt Matt Matreon, I wouldn't be surprised. But Matt Matreon, you know, I think he's been waiting for a fight like this. Yes. Because yes. it, it's making him more focused on what he wants to accomplish in life when it comes to MMA. So when you beat somebody like Fedor Nico, you know, um, what can you really say about me as a fighter? I beat arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, yeah, there's going to be a so lot of eyes on that, this fight, so definitely, you know, Matt's going to be definitely going to try to use this to his body. You know, it's, it's a good showcase for him. It's an excellent showcase for him, man. And fight can go either way if you ask me, but I think Matt will weather the storm, and I think Matt will catch him. Especially with some wrestling. Definitely, definitely. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's about it for this week's uh, Fresh is the Word podcast. Uh, next week we'll uh, we'll talk about everything about 
your upcoming trip to uh, Ireland with King Mo for Bellator. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, uh, where can everybody uh, catch you online? Yo, check me out on uh, my official page, my verified page on uh, Facebook at forward slash official V Styles, V S T Y L E Z. Um, on Twitter, you can hit me with the forward slash V S T Y L E Z. On regular Facebook, you can hit me with the forward slash V S T Y L E Z. And on Instagram, Hit me the same, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Um, 2017 going to be special for you, man. I got some new shit coming out called Thornton Mellon. Hell yeah. That's the name of the album. And uh, just, uh, you know, understand that I told y'all it's going to be some special shit. So, uh... Stay tuned, because I'm going to have some updates real soon. And like, and like Stone Cold says, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Word. All right, thanks for listening. See you next week. My man. Salute, people. Fresh is the word.